0: Corinthians chapter 10 and Galatians chapter 5 we're going to be talking about the war between the flesh and the spirit praise God and in the last two Thursday classes we talked about if you recall first Corinthians chapter 10 Galatians chapter 5 otherwise make notes because you're taking too long some of you to find the places, and the time is running. So make notes, First Corinthians chapter 10, Galatians chapter 5. Amen? We talked about the last two Thursdays, how the children of Israel came out of Egypt. Amen? A type of the new birth for you and I today. The Old Testament was a shadow, the New Testament is the substance. They came out of Egypt through the blood of the Lamb. We came out of the worldly system by faith in the blood of the Lord Jesus. When they came out of Egypt, they went through the sea and they went under the cloud. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, you can find it there please, as we... uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers were all under the cloud, and they all passed through the sea. They were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Amen? The baptism in water, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the sea is the baptism from beneath. The baptism in the Spirit is the one from above. But then they came out into the desert. You've been born again, you've been baptized in water, you've been filled with the Spirit. Thank God that's the beginning of a new lifestyle. That is not the end, that is the beginning. Those are the spiritual ordinances that God has given you, namely the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the ordinance of prayer and fasting to overcome the flesh. That is the worst enemy of the workings of the Spirit of Christ in our lives. What is the flesh? It is the old sinful nature that we brought with us. The Bible says that when a man is born again, he receives a new spirit, a new heart. But you still have the old unregenerate body, and you have with you that unrenewed mind. That is what is the flesh. The unrenewed mind the body that wants to go the old way, the way that you used to go while you lived in the world. And so there is a constant battle between the old nature and the new nature within you. That is why we should feed the Spirit of God and the new nature within us with the Word of God, establishing ourselves in prayer, understanding what the spiritual ordinances are that God has blessed us and has given us so that we may build up the new nature within us and overcome the old carnal nature on the outside and begin to live in the Spirit. And we talked about that unless you win the battle in your own domain, in your own desert, so to speak, God cannot trust you with the best. God will withhold His best from you until you learn to walk straight. (laughs) And I want you to listen to this. God will withhold His best from you until you learn to walk straight. Until you learn to give Him the first place in your life, in your heart, reigning over every area of human existence. And the children of Israel forfeited all of the blessings that were in the promised land because they were body ruled. They allowed the flesh, the all carnal sinful nature to dominate them. And until you overcome the flesh, until you get out of the desert into the promised land, you will not experience God's best in your life. And I want you to understand that. And many of us today are seeking the crown without the cross. There is no such a thing. There is a price to pay. And that price is dying to self, dying to your old carnal nature. There is no crown without the cross. There are no blessings except you learn to die to your own self to your own ego, to your own fleshly desires. And then God will give you the best when you get out of the babyhood stage and you come into maturity. What is a mature Christian? Is a Christian who no longer lives for himself, no longer pursues his own dreams, but pursues and lives for the dream that God has for him and for her. That's a mature Christian. A mature Christian is the one who has taken up the cross and followed Jesus at whatever the cost. A mature Christian is the one who is able and capable of handling responsibility. Amen? Has died to his own self, died to his own dreams, died to his own carnal desires, and the will of God has become his will and lives for God. Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, knowing that all of these other things will be added to him. Now the children of Israel have allowed the old carnal nature to rule and dominate them. And we can see it through the Old Testament. Every time they came up a crisis, they began to grumble, they began to complain, they began to listen to the body. Oh, Moses, you brought us here to kill us. We remember the wonderful food that we ate back in Egypt, the garlics, the onions, the the fish, and and all of those things, and now you brought us here, and we're going to die. And they grumbled, and they complained. Why? Because the flesh had the mastery over them. The body ruled their lives. They were carnally minded and not spiritually minded. A mature Christian is the one who is spiritually minded and not carnally minded. Because the carnal mind, or the mind of the flesh, or the mind of the old nature, is in enmity and contrary to the mind of the Spirit. And if you allow yourself to be led, to be guided, by the old carnal nature, which is sinful, then you will die spiritually You will die. That's what Romans chapter 8 says. Because the flesh, the old sinful nature, is the mother of all rebellion and of all sin and of all unrighteousness. And Paul says to us, listen to him speaking in verse 3. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that spiritual rock that accompanied them was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Why? Because they were body-ruled. Because they allowed the flesh to dominate them. Their bodies were scattered over the desert. And in verse 6, he utters to us this... (coughs) Awful warning. He says, now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. And let me tell you this if you do not learn to overpower the flesh, if you do not expose the flesh, the old sinful nature to the cross, and crucify it, the flesh will crucify you, my brother, my sister. You have no choice. This is a battle and this is a fight to the death. If you do not learn to master the flesh, if you do not subdue your own selfish ego, if you do not learn to deny the lusts and the desires of the flesh, the flesh will destroy you, and the same thing will happen to you as it happened to these Egyptians that came out of Egypt. He said to us, All of these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. They followed the lusts of the flesh. They followed the desires of the old carnal sinful nature. Amen? Is that understood? Praise the Lord. Do not, he says, be idolaters as some of them were. It is written, the people sat down to eat and to drink and got up to indulge in pagan rivalry, whatever you call it. Do not be idolaters. And we read in Galatians chapter 5, what are the lusts of the flesh? What are the works of the flesh? What are the deeds of the old carnal nature? that is our worst enemy. Let's read from verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. I don't want you to miss what I'm saying. So rather concentrate, please. Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature, or the flesh. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. So, that you do not do what you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Or the works of the flesh, or the deeds of the old nature are obvious. And he lists them. He says, sexual immorality is a deed or an act of the old sinful nature. Impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft. They fell into idolatry. Why? And you and I will fall into idolatry today. You may say, Andrea, you know, but we are not so stupid to go and make a golden calf like they did and fall before the statue and worship the statue. No, we don't do those things. But we do something that is just as equal as that. We allow our careers. We allow the God of materialism. We bow before the God of self and we worship it. And we sacrifice to it. We build our own dreams and we sacrifice to our own dreams. And that is idolatry. For idolatry is anything that separates you between you and your devotion to God. Anything that steals from your devotion to God is an idol. And that is a work of the flesh. That is why you need to expose the flesh, the old sinful nature, to the cross. Because the cross is the remedy, my brother, my sister. And unless and until a Christian bows to the cross and allows the cross of Christ to come into his life and penetrate every area of your life, you will not grow and become mature in Christ. You will always remain a spiritual infant. You will always be tossed to and fro because you refuse to accept the cross and accept death to the old sinful nature. Many, many times I cried when my flesh was exposed continually to the cross, but I wanted to die to my own self so that I could live for Christ. And the more I die to self, because this is a progressive thing, it does not happen overnight, it is not an automatic process, it is a gradual process of dying to self and living for Christ. But I remember when my flesh got exposed first to the cross, it was painful, because you love yourself. You bow before your own opinions. You esteem your opinions as right, and you bow before them and do them. No matter how right you seem to be, God is always right. Amen? So time and time I prayed again and again and again and again. If you want to grow in Christ, pray this prayer after you've counted the cost. Lord, let the power of the cross of Christ penetrate every fiber of my being. Let the power of the death of Jesus come into every area because you will not experience the power of the resurrection until you experience the dying of the Lord Jesus. This is not baby teaching. This is heavy teaching. You will not experience the resurrection of Jesus Christ until you experience the death of Jesus Christ. Dying to your own dreams... Dying to your own selfish will... Dying to your own selfish ambition. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 24... Listen to him speaking again. In verse 24... Those who belong to Christ... How many of you belong to Christ? (coughs) Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, he's talking to you now. Those of you who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Who crucified the sinful nature? God? No! You have to crucify the flesh. You have to put your own self-will down and say, nevertheless not my will, but your will be done, Father God. They who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh and the desires and the lusts thereof. If you allow the flesh to live and have dominion over you, it will lead you into all of these things that we read in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. It will lead you into idolatry. And I talked about that one idol we have, we have bowed before. Modern Christianity <coughs> is the idol of materialism. We are materialistic people, folks. I'm not saying it's sinful to have a better house. I'm not saying it's sinful and it's wrong to have a better car. When God gives you those things, they are a blessing. When God attaches blessings to you, the Bible says the blessing of the Lord maketh us rich, and it adds no sorrow to it when God blesses you with something there is no anxiety, there is no sorrow, there is no pain attached to it because it's from God. But when you reach out to get it, when you sacrifice your life and you pursue materialism and you make money your God or your career or your family or whatever you make an idol, it will attract on you the wrath of God. Do not be idolatrous. It is written there. It says, do not be idolatrous as some of them were. What did they do? You know the story. They saw the wonders of God. They saw the miracles of God. God delivered them with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. No sooner did they cross the Red Sea, they came out into the desert. No sooner did Moses leave them for a while. What did they do? They approached Aaron and they said, Make us gods to worship. And Aaron said, Well, bring me your jewelry. They cast the jewelry into that. They made a golden calf. They fell before it. They worshipped it. And then they sat down and they ate and drank and sacrificed to it. And they said, These are your gods, Israel. Well, we do the same very often. We don't believe it. It's true. It is true. He comes first. No one and nothing else must take that worship, that devotion that belongs to God. Don't be idolaters. And uh, idolatry is a deed of the flesh. So, Kill the flesh right from the roots. Expose it to the cross and say, Lord, I give you my will, my life. Let the power of the death of Jesus come into me. Destroy all that is of the sinful nature in me. Help me to put it under. Keep the flesh under, Paul says. Continually keep it under. Well, we talked about Jesus in the desert. He didn't have any more than what you and I have today. He was filled with the Spirit. God has given us the ordinance of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. God has given us the ordinance of the Word of God, the ordinance of prayer and fasting. That's exactly what Jesus did. And when the devil tempted him, he overcame him, using the Word of God, the Spirit of God, prayer and fasting. You and I have the same ordinances today. And as we grow skillful in the Word of God, establishing a prayer life, I tell you, the flesh hates prayer. The flesh hates prayer because it is in the prayer closet that you expose the flesh to God and God just kills it. Kills your own dreams, kills your own carnal desires, kills your own selfish ambitions. And you begin to live for the will of God, to serve him, to worship him, to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, knowing that all of these things shall be added to you. Now, I'm not saying that God does not want to bless you with a better house. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that God does not want you to have the best. He said, when you seek me, when you put my will first, I will give them to you, and there will be no sweat in it. I know it because I've experienced it and I've lived 18 years I've lived in it. And my brother always accused me, he said, Wow, he said, you have been born on Saturday. You never worked in your life. And look at you, and here I'm killing myself and laboring, and look at me. Why, he said. And at one time he became jealous and attacked me. Well, if he would have allowed me, I would have explained to him why. Folks, let me say this to you. When God adds blessings to you, there is no sweat in it. Because sweat is a symbol of the curse. I'm not saying you are not to work. But sweating is a symbol of the curse. When God adds his blessing to you, material blessing, there is no sorrow attached to it. But the problem with us is we want to reach there yesterday. That is the problem with the flesh. The flesh is in a hurry. We want to get there yesterday. We don't want to climb at the bottom of the ladder and slowly climb up. We want to reach the top overnight. Well, that is the work of the flesh. Amen? So the Lord says, and his word says, Do not be idolatrous. And then he goes on and he says, In verse 8, We should not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did, and in one day, 23,000 of them died. Sexual immorality, we've read, it is a deed, an act of the sinful nature, and has destroyed many a man of God, many a woman of God. Do you want to read where the incident is? Go to Numbers chapter 25, verses 1 to 9, and we'll see. You'll see what I'm talking about. Go to Numbers 25. Right from the beginning. Numbers chapter 25, verse 1. In Romans chapter 12... Listen to me for a second, folks. The Bible says, present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Preserve your body holy, acceptable unto God. Don't take your body and commit sexual immorality. And the Bible does say, sex is good because God created things. But sex outside the bounds of marriage, it is sin. It is a deed of the flesh and has to be exposed and the flesh has to take the sentence in that. Don't do it. Because it will cost you your destiny in Jesus Christ. It will sever your destiny. It will keep you from receiving God's best and don't kid yourself and you think you're going to do it and you're going to get away with it. You won't. And you know so often we talk about God's forgiveness and God's grace and God's mercy. Yes, but sometimes we do not give the whole picture. God will forgive you, but there are always consequences of that disobedience or that sin. God is a forgiving God. But there is consequences when you sin. Ask Abraham. We're still living with the Ishmaelites today. She was in a hurry. He slept with his maid. He wanted to help God work of the flesh and he produced an Ishmael. David committed adultery with Bathsheba. God had forgiven him. But from that day onwards... He never saw a day that was as joyful as before. His sons rebelled against him. Absalom revolted against him. You want to take... You, you read the story of David after he had committed sin with Bathsheba. The child died. God had forgiven him, but there are consequences. Look what happened to the children of Israel. Have you found Numbers 25? I want you to listen to me carefully, people. Keep your bodies pure and holy to the Lord. Listen to me, young people. Keep your bodies pure and holy. Present your bodies to the Lord God as a living sacrifice. While Israel was staying in Shittim, the man began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women. God told them, says, don't mix. Don't mix with strange women. Don't do it. And the Bible tells us today in the New Testament, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Don't do it. It will cost you. Who invited them to the sacrifice to their gods. And they accepted. And the people ate and bowed down before these gods. And so Israel joined in worshipping the Baal of poor of Peor, whatever his. And the Lord's anger burned against them. And the Lord said to Moses, Take all the leaders of these people, kill them, and expose them in broad daylight before the Lord, so that the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. And we read down the bottom in verse... Um, Eight or nine then the plague against the Israelites was stopped but those who died in the plague numbered 24,000. That's why Paul says to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 we should not commit sexual immorality. We should not play around. Once you've given your heart to the Lord Once you've been born again, once you put your hands to the plow, man, just flee idolatry, get away from sexual immorality, because it will cost you. It will keep you from God's best. And I'm sorry to say some Christians do not even consider this a sin. They think they're going to die and go to heaven. But I tell you something, Jesus said something else about this matter. He said, in that day many will come to me and say, Lord, we ate and drank in your presence. We cast out demons in your name. We've prophesied in your name. And Jesus will turn around and say to them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Now Paul says in the letter to the Galatians when he lists the acts of the flesh, We're talking about the sins that kept Israel out of the promised land. I'm talking about sins that will keep you from obtaining God's very best for your life. Galatians chapter 5, when he, he says, Well, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like, I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. What must I do? Repent and come to Christ for forgiveness and power and ability through the Spirit to help you live straight and to walk straight so that you can obtain God's best in your life. Don't do it, he said. Look at Samson. A mighty man of God, anointed of God. One relationship with Delilah cost him his life and the anointing of God upon his life. Look at Solomon. Started out beautifully, wonderfully, wrote the book of Proverbs filled with wisdom. While he was young, he was seeking God's wisdom and God's uh, blessing and God's understanding. When he got old, He got involved with many women. And the Bible says those many women turned his heart away from the Lord. A wrong relationship will turn you away from God. I don't care how strong you are and I don't care how strong you think you are. It will turn you away from God. It will sever your destiny. It will rob you of the blessings of God in your life. That's why the Lord says don't do it. Don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Well, I've lived with this guy for so long, but now I've come to Christ. Well, now you've come to Christ. Sever that relationship. And follow Christ. Well, but I can't do it. Yes, you can, if you want to. Either that other partner comes to Christ, or if he doesn't want to come to Christ, then you say, goodbye, I have made a new life, Jesus is the Lord of my life, I refuse to live in sin, and if you don't want us to get married, then I'm sorry, you're going to have to stay behind, I'm going on with Christ. Amen? Because the Word says, don't do it. The Israelites did it, look what happened to them. Do you think you're any better than them? No. The Bible says the same thing will happen to you. And those things happened as examples that we should not follow and lust after evil things. Get the flesh to the cross. I tell you, my brother, my sister, the blood of Jesus Christ dealt with your sin and my sin. The blood has cleansed and all of our sins and washed us and purified us but if you want to stop sinning you're going to have to deal with the old carnal sinful nature the blood is for your sin but the cross is for your carnal sinful nature so embrace the cross I remember I know when the breakthrough came in my life I know when I began to leave the desert and enter the promised land one day the spirit of the Lord spoke to me and he said son as you lay down your life to serve and please others. It didn't say Christ. Others. Then I will come and fill you with my spirit. And every place that the soul of your foot treads upon. That I have given unto you. That was the day when I started dying to me. And started living for Christ. That was the day when I started living folks. I'm talking about a life in the spirit. I'm talking about a life in a higher dimension. I'm talking about a life that is filled with joy and victory because you have crucified the flesh and you said no to your own selfish ambition and to your own selfish desires. Whether the flesh wants to go and commit sexual immorality or whether the flesh wants to go and commit idolatry, you say no, I have accepted the cross. I'm going on with Christ. And you are headed for the best. Amen? that's when growth comes. You cannot serve self and God. It's impossible. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. Kill the flesh. Crucify it. Kill your own dreams. And how many of us live for our own dream today? What do you call that? We live for our own dream. We become slaves to fulfill our own dream. And God says, kill it. Bring it to the cross. And let me give you my dream. And let me give you my purpose for your life. Man, you haven't lived yet until you begin to live for God. Amen? You haven't lived until you begin to live for God and die to yourself. I know what I'm talking about. Because I had a dream before I accepted God's dream even though I was a Christian. But I had to kill it. Lord, your will be done in my life. I don't want to follow my own dream and my own selfish ambition. I will live for you. God will help you. God will help me. God has helped me. He will help you. As I said, it doesn't happen overnight. But you have to begin somewhere. Let the power of the death of Jesus come into my life, Lord. And then, the Spirit of Christ will help you to live for Christ. And there are other sins that the Israelites did, the, and he talks about the... In verse 9, we should not test the Lord as some of them did and were killed by snakes. Does anyone remember how did they test the Lord? They started grumbling and complaining and, murmuring. and the Bible says the Lord sent snakes into the camp, serpents, and the serpents started biting them and they were dying by the thousands. The flesh is never, never satisfied. That's why Paul says, in me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing. That's why he said, I no longer live. Christ now lives within me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then he said, I have been crucified with Christ. Ah, He took the flesh and exposed it to the cross. The flesh is never satisfied, folks. No matter what you give to it, The flesh will always want more and more and more and more and more and wherever you place the old sinful nature will always complain and murmur and be unthankful and ungrateful. That's testing the Lord and the Bible says put that flesh to the cross, kill that murmuring, allow the power of the Spirit of Christ to elevate you and become thankful, praising God all the time, every day, wherever you are, no matter what you're facing. They tested the Lord, they grumbled, they complained, they didn't like the food. Didn't matter that it came from heaven, they just didn't like it. Hmm. (laughs) Well, that's the flesh. That's why I say to you, the flesh is the mother of all rebellion. It is the mother of all unbelief, the all sinful nature. It is the mother of all unrighteousness. Kill it from the root. Lord, I embrace the cross. You shed your blood for my sins, but I don't want to live in sin anymore. Therefore, I embrace the cross, not my will, but your will be done, regardless of the cost. And do not grumble as some of them did, and they were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can be. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up. You will be tempted. But every temptation that you're facing, it's common to men. And God has given you the spiritual ordinance to overcome that temptation. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the three root causes that bring sin and temptation. And that is why there is no remedy for the old nature, folks. There is no remedy... For the old sinful nature except the cross, you're going to have to give that up to the cross and let Jesus, through his Spirit and through his word, put it to death. They that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts thereof. How are we going to do that, Andrea? Well, become skillful in the word of righteousness. I don't know anybody who has mastered the flesh and does not have the Word of God in his life, in his heart. If you want to become successful, you want to, you want to overcome the flesh, you want to keep the flesh under, you've got to be a man or a woman of the Word of God. Jesus overcame him by saying, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. Last week we talked about the Word, becoming skillful in the Word of Righteousness. Don't be bothered with the things you do not understand and you do not know in the Bible. Concentrate on what you know. Get out to the Christian bookshop, find some good books on the subject you're interested about, and read it, buy it, study it. Get some good teaching, get some good tapes, and listen to them day and night and night and day. If you want to have victory over the flesh. Because we're dealing with spiritual forces. Get the Word of God in your heart. And when you need it, the Word will come up and deal with it. Establish your prayer life. Understand the ins and outs of a healthy prayer life. And you know, most of the Christians, I'm telling you right now, they don't know what it means to have a prayer life. And they think that all that prayer is, is asking God, No, that's not all there is to it. We're going to be teaching on prayer. Establish a prayer life. Understand the workings of the Spirit of God in and through you. Because it's through the Spirit that you mortify the deeds of the body. Not through your intelligence. It's through the Spirit. Find out what the Bible has to say about the Spirit of Christ. How does the Spirit function and work in and through you? How do you stir up the Spirit of God within you? We have not received the Spirit of bondage, but the Bible says we have received the Spirit of Christ. If the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the Bible says, dwells in you, by the same Spirit it will quicken your mortal body and give it life and strength and energy you never had before, by the Spirit. But you've got to know Him and understand the workings of the Spirit in you. Find out about the ordinance of fasting. I've got some good teaching on fasting. I long for you to come and say, Andrea, have you got any teaching on that subject? None of you has ever come and said, Andrea, I need teaching on this subject because I'm really having a problem in that area of my life. Come on, folks, let's get hungry for the Word of God. Let's become skillful in spiritual ordinances that overcome the flesh, the old sinful nature, and begin to live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. So coming out of the desert means crucifying the flesh. Living in the promised land means living in the Spirit. Because in the promised land is life lived in victory. Amen? Amen. God bless you and I pray that the Lord will make this teaching life and light to you. Shall we close in prayer please? Father in the name of Jesus we thank you. We thank you that you have given us the ordinance of the cross. And Lord, I pray tonight that each one of us will receive a fresh understanding and revelation concerning the cross of Jesus Christ. Father, we understood the blood, and very often we apply the blood in our lives because we've sinned and because we've missed it. But few of us understand the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. And I pray that tonight you would give us a fresh understanding. I pray that you will give us revelation knowledge concerning the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we understand the power of the cross, I pray that through your grace we will apply our old sinful nature the desires of the flesh, the lusts of the flesh, the unrenewed mind, we will place it under the power of the cross and allow the death of Jesus to operate in and through us so that we may learn to live for you, Father, and by your Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus.